I'm the all go with everything. I'm Heidi. I'm Sandy. <laughs> what? What the fuck? What up? What now? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> we want you to keep listening. That's <laughs> true. Uh, you like it when we talk to you like this. <laughs> we want you to like it. We want you to like it. Sandy and I hit some yoga, some hot yoga before we came into the studio tonight. I have like a billion ideas on my mind, stuff that I want to talk about. But the at the foremost, at the forefront, at the top of my brain, I want to discuss Sandy's wedding. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. You eloped, which was the most excellent. Yeah. I have been corrected, I have to say. Oh. Um, what do you mean? I had a private wedding. It was not an elopement. Oh, who correct? Who? <laughs> I don't know. Well, who, just, who came down the, and like laid the smack on you about the, the a couple comments semantics. I had received? Um, so rude. I, I don't know. I don't know. Opinionated. I, I Sorry, honestly, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the definition of elopement is, and I thought that that's what we did. Um, but we did have some traditional components like a wedding dress. Yeah. And wedding rings. A beautiful wedding dress. <laughs> that wedding dress looks so fly on you. It was amazing. Yeah. And a amazing. priest. A priest maybe made it the priest. Less elopement and more wedding. I'm not sure. I uh, don't know. I don't know. What's the definition of elopement? I don't you have me. I'm completely um, shit, we should have done our damn research, Heidi. <laughs> Fuck this podcast. I, we suck. Uh, wow. So aggressive tonight. <laughs> I mean that yoga class was hard, but I did not expect <laughs> to feel that kind of aggression from you this evening, Sandy. I'm full of it. <laughs> This is the hammer. Here's the thing. <laughs> Putting the hammer down. Here's the thing. I um, yes, you had very you had a lot of elements that were. I mean, it was clearly a wedding. I don't know what the difference is between a private wedding and an elopement, but I'm here for what you guys did. Beyond all of the fabulous things you just mentioned, I really need you to put your photographer on fucking blast right now. Okay, well, but first, can I please read? I just Googled elopement definition. Yes. An actor instance of running off secretly as to be married. An actor instance of leaving a safe area or safe premises done by a person with a mental disorder or cognitive impairment. <laughs> Colon. Parents of autistic children need strategies to cope with elopement. See also wandering. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so maybe we didn't God, elope. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you had me at the beginning of that definition. Yeah, no. So it was a private wedding. It was a private wedding. Um, it wasn't secret. We told people we were doing you it. You and did. specifically our family. We thought yeah. that was important. Super and important. because we thought that our telling our family was important, um, we thought taking photos to mm-hmm. um, share with our family and friends was important. And so we hired at Matt Blazing photographer mm-hmm. on go find this fellow on Instagram because yeah. really you could find many many stories of mine and Joey's elopement I mean the photos there. are spectacular yeah I want to say a couple of things about this let me spell it though because oh, you just, just yeah, spell yeah it it's m-a-t-t-b-l-a-s-i-n-g photographer it's not it sounds like blazing like mm, blazing saddles yeah but it's with an s blazing with an s because i mean you and joey are good looking people in the first place so don't get it twisted right it's not i mean i was gonna be like this guy's a miracle worker but then i realized like, it doesn't quite credit you yeah, guys with like rude how good looking you are you guys <laughs> are kidding. yeah you guys look amazing <laughs> in the first place but the photos are exquisite they're divine yeah. i mean i don't do you think that matt blazing travels i do well I don't want to speak for Matt Blazing. So <laughs> so Matt didn't actually come out and take our photos. Uh-huh. His assistant, Katie, and her husband, Will, the oh, magician, came Katie out and took and our Will. photos. 
And I have to give it up to Katie and Will because, um, and you could go on to Matt Blazing's Instagram and find them because they were incredible. I think Matt did the editing on the backside. Uh um, So it was a whole team effort. Mm -hmm. And without the whole team effort, I, you know, that's what made the beautiful photos. But not only were Katie, was Katie like a really incredible photographer, they were fun and comfortable Mm -hmm. because I know I shared with you how I had no nerves about this wedding, except I didn't want to ruin the fucking photos. Yeah. Because I knew we because we hired a photographer. We basically hired one that was available because our wedding was on 8 18, 18 mm. And we booked a photographer about four weeks in advance. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no idea that we were getting like this super professional, super talented yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a really, really nice surprise. But... So I was really nervous that I don't like the way I photograph. I hate photographs of myself, and we're putting a lot of energy into this, and I was really afraid that the whole thing would be ruined by how I looked in the photos. And That's a lot of pressure. That's probably the only stress that I had over this whole wedding slash elopement. Well, the other thing, in addition to that, I mean, you're right, nobody else was there. So the only way anyone that you loved and was going to see any of the weddings is really through the pictures. Yeah. It's like a little, it like ratchets up. Right. Like the it's anxiety really, about photos. Yeah. It was really important that we are able to share this with our family and yeah. friends and I hate photos of me. So it's really uncomfortable for me to share photos of myself that yeah. I feel like I look like shit in. Yeah. I'm getting better at it. I but mean, you're beautiful and you photograph really well. And these people, I mean, just like the sky, the skyline, the clouds, the yes. contrast, the colors. Yeah. The, I mean, it was just divine. So basically what I, what I told them when we had our little um, initial phone meeting was like, we just want the landscape photographed with like us speckled in, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and, um, and I feel like that's kind of what they did. Yeah, they did a great job. Um, and, and it was really, really wonderful. But what I wanted to say was, so the doorbell rang and Katie and Will came in and I got nervous mm-hmm. And I shit you not, like, immediately I was put at ease. She just, like, smiled at me. And I was like, this is fine. I'm like, I felt like I was in the hands of a friend. And then she started directing me. Mm -hmm. Look down, look up, do this, do that. And it was just like, and then it got fun. And, like, I actually was able to just relax and be myself and have fun. Yeah. We had a fucking blast taking these photos, too. And um, looking at the photos, I see me. That's wonderful. It's not like. So good. Yeah. And so, like. So for a photographer to be able to put my crazy ass at ease to a point where I'm looking at the photos and not only do I like them, but I see myself, yeah. like, kudos to you. Hats off to you. You guys should win a damn award. <laughs> they did a great job. Yes. The landscape photos are breathtaking, but also there are a number of photos that I've seen. Now, I know I, know I haven't seen all of them, but a number of photos that I've seen of you and Joey where they just captured, like, the pure bliss and the pure joy of, like, the experience that you guys were having. And they're so gorgeous. They they did. They're they beautiful. did a good job. I love the one that they got with you looking over the uh, cowboy hat. That is, like, I feel like that should be in a magazine. I love that shot. I love the shot that they have of you when you're getting ready, where you're looking out the window. I mean, just, mm. Oh, that one Joey took, actually. Oh. Yeah, the ones in the house Joey took, mm-hmm. but thank you. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I do have to say that Will, who was who was Katie's husband, just came out to help. Mm-hmm. And he was awesome because he was like Joey's backup. Because Joey was also kind of director number two. He had a lot uh-huh. of thoughts about different shots he wanted. And Will was like, yeah, yeah, get the hat. That's a cool hat. Get the hat. <laughs> and and a couple other things that like really supported Joey's vision. And so uh-huh. we also have to thank Will for, for his help. That was beautiful. Well, the reason I was asking if they travel is 
photos because I just want them to come out here and like document my whole life. I mean, I just, I love getting my photo taken. So I want them to just follow me around everywhere. Like my own little paparazzi. They will travel (laughs) for the right price. So yes. We need to see if we can negotiate an all gold everything photo shoot with them because that would be incredible. Um, But anyway, the pictures were exquisite and I know you had a great time. We did. It was wonderful. And and we, and, and in addition to having fantastic photos, we actually got married and made a promise to each other before God. Yes. Yes. And that important, that very important step as well. Yeah. How was it? Do you want to talk at all about that or you want to keep that to yourself? Yeah, no, I won't, I won't say much about it, many of the details because that's the part of the wedding people really don't actually care about. Honestly, (laughs) nobody does. Nobody remembers that when you're sitting at a wedding. Mm. They don't care. Um, we care. Yeah. You know? I mean, and I think that that was like a powerful part of my wedding. Um, for when, you. Yeah. For and me. Jeff. And Jeff. Yeah. Nobody in the audience gives a fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's true. All right. They're not going to remember that shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Heidi. I know, but I was just thinking it was only a short little thing where, yeah. you know, the audience is set, like, you know, where the um, where the officiant <laughs> did like a call and response that was just really nice about asking all of our guests to support us in good times and bad, like through um, thick and thin, like through trouble. Yeah, so do you think the people who are, were in the audience actually I mean, remember I that? I thought that they might, but <laughs> I might be mistaken. You're dorks. I know. You're I'm so, so naive. <laughs> <laughs> or, ego, or the opposite of that. I'm so egocentric that I think that everyone would remember that about my wedding, but... I think that there's a handful of people who thought that was yeah. very special who are close to you and who will remember it, but I am here to promise you the majority don't. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so that's why I won't get into it, because it really was... It, it was a really special moment for mm-hmm. Joey and I. Yeah, yeah. And um, and we shared a couple readings that were really close and special and important to us. What, mm-hmm. I, what I will share, what I love, is just that like I, I was present. Mm-hmm. I was right there. I was yeah. I was present in the moment. I was looking into Joey's eyes. Yeah. I shed real tears yeah. because I got real emotion, and so that was the part that um, I thought was um, really surprising, and I was just really happy to have. And also Joey too, you know. Yeah, we were connected, and yeah. so that was really wonderful. It was a beautiful, um, a beautiful little conversation we had with a priest and before God. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, we haven't told anyone where you were. Do you mind if we blow up this spot or oh, should we no. keep it? Um, we were at White Sands National Monument in South Central New Mexico. Beautiful. Can you tell me, I, you had to have, a, you not had to, you had a paper bouquet. Yes. Um, is that oh, because, yes. um, tell me a little bit about that. And I can't remember, is that because um, invasive species or just like nothing grows? Why can't you have... Why can't you bring in flowers, I guess, is my okay, question. Okay, so I'm, what are the roles? I'm just guessing here, but uh-huh. there's the, they have a rule that no plant material mm-hmm. is allowed mm-hmm. in. And what I think it is is because White Sands National Monument is just this, like, beautiful field of gypsum sand dunes. Mm-hmm. And it's pure white. Yeah. You know, it's, it's um, blanca. Mm-hmm. And I think that if um, plants were to be brought in and seeds and stuff were to drop and things were to grow there, mm-hmm. it would just ruin the beautiful white yeah. field. That's my yeah, no, guess. That makes a lot of sense. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so we did have to do it. And I had this like crazy idea because I was on a high after your... You did some serious crafting for my wedding. So you're basically <laughs> so, an expert. So after your um, bridal tea I was like I'm gonna make a paper bouquet and I was like totally fired up and I ordered a glue gun yes, and fucking watch wire out. what's that fucking glue gun comes tape. out <laughs> and um like I made a couple flowers and I'm like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did some googling and I found like um some people and really like there's a bunch of like places in Thailand you could get paper bouquets but I found this woman in the United States and mm-hmm. I'm I'm sad that I'm blanking on what state she's in her name is Carrie Walters and she's at at Paper Rose Co., um, Paper Rose Company, Carrie Walters. And she just hand makes 
paper bouquets and, and they're beautiful. Yeah. And I reached out to her and I said, but we're going to do it in the desert. And I kind of want something that looks, you know, like succulents. And she was like, oh, I haven't done a whole lot of that, but I'd be so excited to try. <gasps> we were in email contact over the course of the whole, the whole month she was making yeah. it. And she was super excited about it yeah. and checking in with me. She wanted to know when my wedding date was so that she could just drop a line to say happy wedding like she was so connected to this she's wonderful um wonderful to do business with now would there be other kinds of business that she does besides paper flowers or is that like her main craft gig yeah i've only seen flowers on her website i wonder if she would do like christmas ornaments or something i would love to have like a tree full of like cool that would be beautiful that'd be right right that'd be cool huh i'm sure she would yeah Yes, I'm sure she would just reach out to her. Yeah. And like all these little things just came together. I would Google around and I would send an email and I would Google around and I would send an email. And it all just like happened in the course of about four weeks. Yeah. And it all just like one thing and like the about a week before we were going to go, Joey reconnected with a cousin who happens to own, like, own a rug company and be an expert. And he was like, oh, that rug you have there is a Turkmen, and it's blah, blah, blah. And it was handed down from Joey's, like, wow. great-grandfather. So I was like, hey, boo, why don't we just bring that rug with us and get married on the rug? Oh, my God. And so the way that things just yes. fell together was just, um, it was aligned. The um, universe conspires. Everything was aligned. I have one more thing I have to share, because when no. I talk about alignment, it's like, this is, like, fucking mm. evidence. So we stayed at this another gorgeous Airbnb uh-huh. while we were in Las Cruces. Las uh-huh. Cruces is about an hour drive from White Sands. And it was this old, like, 1840s hacienda. Ooh, yes. And it was just gorgeous. And that's where the photos that, yeah, the that photos you saw of me dressing there, yeah. were taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I have dropped enough details that, <laughs> that well, I before know, people start to uh, snore. <laughs> I want to know about a couple more things that you did. I can move away from wedding, but I'm still yeah. in New Mexico territory. Uh-huh. Um, you guys did a little bit. After you did the wedding, you took a car, kind of bopped around a couple of places. Yes. What were the highlights? What were the, I kind of want to know the low lights oh I, I have a low worried. light I have a low light I have a low light yeah give it to us okay so our first night in truth and consequences so I don't know I if can't any... even get over the name of this town truth or consequences yeah I kind of feel like I need to live there so a lot of New Mexico is actually really economically depressed uh-huh. and we really wanted to stay in truth or consequences and we thought it was really fantastic to stay in truth or consequences before we got married <laughs> um so we we got an Airbnb and it was this little like adobe geodome uh-huh. they're all off the grid it's Uh their own property Uh and it had a hot spring in it and so we drive into truth or consequences proper yeah it's your typical small economically depressed town yeah and what this place was was like a converted rv park Uh but they had it's in the middle of truth or consequences proper which Uh is not a nice place and they really had converted it um to this little compound and and we could tell the ultra runners lived there because they had all their race bibs hanging up that's awesome yeah but they weren't there in their like ultra shoes yeah yeah so we're like they're cool this is cool. Um, Joey wanted to go in the hot spring, but I, my first wifely duty was that I didn't <laughs> allow him to because of there was a lightning storm. Oh my god! Now I've heard lightning storms in the southwest are incredible. They are, but I don't think you should be floating in no. a hot spring <laughs> during them. And I was, and he was like kind of upset and like fighting me on it. And then he was like, like being, yeah. And I was like, boo, <laughs> I don't want your legacy to be a Darwin Award. What would your daughter think? Yeah. And what about your wife? That's right. Yeah, but that wasn't actually the low light. So the low light was <laughs> while we were there. So we we're in this geodome and we had a, a lovely evening, but we wanted to go out to the car. Yeah. And um, night had fallen. Yeah. And it was dark. Yeah. 
And did it sound like bugs? Oh, it sounded like bugs. <laughs> so <laughs> we went out to the car with our um, iPhone flashlights uh-huh. just so we could see where we were going. Uh-huh. And when we shone the light down on the ground, hundreds of cockroaches ah! scattered. <laughs> just, it was. Have you ever seen, oh, what was that called? I'm going to blank on what it was called. I remember. I can guarantee you I've never seen it because A, it involves insects and B, it's probably a horror movie. There is no way. I mean, I'm just having. It's not Faces of Death. Oh, I've definitely never seen that. It's Creep Show. (laughs) There's a Creep Show where this guy's a dick and he's like in an office and it just fills up with cockroaches. God. Holler if you hear me out there, listeners. (laughs) So you like took one before you even took a step outside. You had your flashlight, and everyone had all these cockroaches scurried away. Yeah. Oh god. But there were too many to scurry. Oh. So when we ran out to the car, you knew there was going to be one underfoot. So you just had to have like super quick feet. Ugh. Yeah. Did you have samples on? Yeah. Oh Ugh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm like throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> That's how we felt. We were like trying to be cool about it because this was our first night, cool, our first cool, Airbnb. Cool, we're like, this cool, okay. Cool, 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 cool. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but it was like so not okay. <laughs> Well, the good news is you didn't get um, eaten by cockroaches or no. electrocuted in a hot spring in Truth or Consequences. You made it through. Right. We and survived Truth or Consequences. Yay! Yay. Uh, but you guys made it all the way to a place that had like uh, ladders and cave, like a whole cave system with ladders. Yeah. I saw some photos of that. Can you tell me where that was? That was Bandelier National Monument. And you guys were already married by the time. That was like the first stop on the other side, right, of being married. It wasn't the first stop, but it was it was several stops in. You guys had like some real, uh, it was like, I kind of feel like it was almost biblical between the cockroaches and the yeah. floodwaters. Right? Yeah. Because Sandy sent me <laughs> a video. And I saw Jesus. <laughs> and you saw Jesus. You want to talk boo. about that? I don't know. Can I talk about <laughs> yeah. that? Actually, I think that might be the one of the one of the highlights. <laughs> and I didn't ask you enough follow-up questions when you told me this earlier at yoga. So <laughs> the whole trip was pretty biblical because you got married. There was all these cockroaches. There was uh, sweeping, raging uh, flash floods right. that you had to survive. Yes. There were caves and talus. Uh, not talismans. Uh, what are the little things of the... Uh, Karens. You, Karens, thank yeah. you. So I feel like the Southwest is kind of a magnet for that kind of energy. But to top it all off, you saw Jesus. I did see Jesus. Saw the face of God. I mean, I essentially was fucking Jesus. Mm-hmm. I had a spiritual experience on... <laughs> During our honeymoon. Did Joey look like Jesus or was Jesus next to Joey? No, Joey was Jesus. Whoa. Yeah. Has that never happened to you? That has not ever happened to me, but I I mean, I'm... wait till it does. I was going to say, I wouldn't preclude it. It'll happen. I I think it will. I... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like I might need to cut this. I'm not sure as a pro... As a disclaimer, but Jeff and I got pretty adventurous this weekend. Don't cut this. (laughs) Keep talking. For my bachelorette party, I received a butt plug with like a little diamond in the back of it, which I had never really quite gotten to using because I was like, well, I'm just not really sure how committed I am to all this butt stuff. I'm like ready to chat about it. I'm not really sure how into it I am or whatever. And we used it this weekend and it was like completely like a complete game changer. I'm getting there. I feel like I'm getting close to seeing the face of God during sex because of all of this yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know if that's the goal or not, but like that'd be a cool experience. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Did not see it coming. I was just like, is that Jesus? Is that Joey? <laughs> Joey looks like Jesus. Is Joey Jesus? Whoa! What is happening right now? I'm fucking Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bandelier. I want to get back to Bandelier National Monument yeah. because. 
On the way to Bandelier, I'll say really quickly, we stopped at the VLA, which is the very large array. It was pretty cool, but... What is that? It's a large array of big satellite dishes that pick up radio... They they basically make photos of space with radio frequency waves. Wow, cool. Um, But it's really just cool looking. Yeah. And um, Joey was geeking out on it. I enjoyed it. We also stopped at a town called Pie Town. Uh Uh-huh. And we had Pie and Pie Town. Yum. But the best thing about Pie and Pie Town was we shared a table... With three locals. Yeah. Three local ranchers. Uh-huh. Well, I think, I don't know what they were. One was a rancher. The other was a rancher. One was a total redneck. Yeah. And, um, but we talked about, like, local life. And yeah. And that was pretty cool. And then we hit the Raging River and a few other things. And then we ended up at Bandelier yeah. a few days later. Yeah. Um, while we are at Bandelier. So Bandelier's pretty, actually, it's a bunch of old cave dwellings and. Mm-hmm. Um, like, really old. Like you're really old. Like really old. <laughs> like so, like they say, around four hundred to six hundred years yeah. ago, a whole civilization of Navajo Indians lived here. Yeah, in the cave dwellings. Yeah, and it's very cool because you could see like the remnants of what they built yeah. and all that. And, and if oh, sorry, go ahead. yeah, go ahead. If any uh, hotel developer were to come in and flatten them and build a hotel on top, it would be haunted as fuck. Yeah, totally. That. Well, we Bad made idea. we made jokes about like we could tell which one was the the. Trump mm-hmm. of the society by how high they felt they had to build. <laughs> but um, so we were just like going on this. It's like a walking tour that like every tourist can do. But like down the road at the end of the walking tour is yeah. like it gets a little bit more rigorous because we're, you're already at 7,000 feet elevation. Yeah. So the breathing is And a then you have to do a lot of climbing to yeah. get up into some of these higher cave dwellings. And um, so there's a lot of signs because generally the masses are unhealthy and they yeah. can't do this yeah so they have to put up all these signs to warn the masses like don't do this if you're afraid of heights yeah don't do this if you're this don't do this don't. if you're that yeah so i think it excludes a lot of people from from the climbing these ladders yeah. and and making this climb up to this um trump tower of a cave dwelling but you are allowed to do it if you feel like you're in good enough there's nothing that like don't yeah. do this you're not supposed to it's just like don't no do no there's it's part of health. the tour yeah. it's just i think they have to have a lot of warnings because of the overall poor health of most american yeah. tourists yeah. is what i yeah. think um and so so we ended up doing it and it was actually very much not rigorous mm-hmm. honestly i think the only thing was we were a little nervous about our fear of heights yeah joey and i are both noticing as we're getting older uh-huh. we're having more of a fear of heights oh interesting yeah um and it's that feeling where we both were talking about it where like your stomach kind of drops into your pelvis uh-huh. and you feel like a tingling uh-huh. and like <laughs> joey, joey's prostate or you know he, he described it as his prostate and i described it as my vagina yeah so it's that same feeling of like when it just your stomach just drops into your pelvis and um so we were a little nervous but it turned out it was fine because yeah. the ladders were clipped in Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they were like the longest ladder. I mean, I don't know, might have been 50 feet. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we made the climb and we got to the top and we were in Trump Tower. Yeah. And um, there was a woman there and she was old. Mm. Yeah. And she basically was like, oh, yeah, I um she told us that she was 76 years old and um, she still wants to be able to do this stuff. So she came out here basically by herself and, you know, did this hike and yeah. made this climb. And we were like... Amazing you know, pretty inspired by her. And that's kind of like, that's what I want to be like when I'm 76. Yeah. Like that's kind of one of my like life goals. Yeah. And, um, Joey's too. She told us about, um, how she would come up here, pray mm-hmm. in past times of hardship. And she said she had a, a daughter who was struggling child's 
health. Uh-huh. So she just kind of like disappeared. We don't know where she went. <laughs> Poof. So Joey and I, we took um, some moments up there because of her suggestion. I don't think yeah. we would have thought of it without her suggestion. Yeah. And we did a little bit of meditation and prayer. And then what she suggested was because the kiva was closed. And kivas are these big holes that that the um, Native Americans of uh, ancient civilizations mm. 400 to 600 years ago, they would dig. And that's where <laughs> they would do all their telling of stories, spiritual worship, all uh, the things. Kind of like the amphitheater, like the center. Yeah. Yeah. The stage. K- kiva was closed uh-huh. up in Trump Tower. Yeah. And um, and so she said, the kiva's closed. She said, but what I've done in the past is I have um, prayed onto a stone and put the stone up in a hole because there's a lot of just like holes dug out uh-huh. from like old posts or when they made old cupboards or cabinets, yeah. yada, yada. Old shelving. Yeah, old shelving. It's like you got to keep your chickens somewhere. <laughs> right. It's like the original Ikea. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Kind of. They're like, this is the Michael. <laughs> um, yeah. So we did a little prayer, a little meditation, yeah. and we put our little rocks in a hole. And um, it was <laughs> it was really... Put your rocks in a hole. It was... I, I feel I like was, this would be New Mexico's new slogan. Yeah. Put your, come, yeah. come to New Mexico. Put your put rocks, rocks in a hole. In a hole. <laughs> yeah. So I just we just felt so, like inspired and touched by this woman. Very sweet. Yeah. And so we were able to, so it turned out she was real. We saw her later on the trail. I mean, I would believe it either way. I like that she was real, but I also kind of wish that you never saw her again. I know. I know. I love, especially when you compound that with like the Jesus story. I just love the idea of all this, all all of the universe conspiring and all of like just the universal energy showing up in various ways. I want to know one more question for you about universal energy. Did you guys tell anyone that you were newlyweds and did you guys like get anything (laughs) on your newlywed cred? In Santa Fe, they knew we were honeymooning and it was like a four star hotel and they showered us hard with all this stuff. I want to know what kind of stuff they showered you with. Well, they so <laughs> oh, it was so sad. I, this poor what do bellhop uh-huh. kid. I mean, they 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 go hard on the service. So we yeah. stayed at the Inn of the Five Graces uh-huh. in Santa Fe, and um, they're like service, service, service. So he comes in, he's showing us our room, and he's showing us everything and all the things we get. And then he's like, "In there, if you guys want to celebrate, here's a a bottle of champagne for you." And I, I swear to God, it was a fucking magnum. <laughs> it was a large <laughs> bottle of champagne, and you could tell he was like, "Yeah, yeah. this is for you." Yeah. And so he's telling us everything, and he's about to leave, and he's like, is there anything else? And I was like, yeah, you, can you take that champagne with you? Yeah. And he was just like, <laughs> he, he almost passed out. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, maybe he was happy, because maybe he gets to take I it I was with wondering, him. do you think he yeah. gets to keep it? I hope so. I hope yeah. he just took it out to his car. <laughs> I, I hope he got to stash it. Um, so there was that big bottle of champagne. There was, um, later on, they delivered some chocolate-covered um, strawberries. Yeah. And rose petals, and then we got roses, yeah. and um, oh, cupcakes in the morning. Yum! But that was my birthday. That was your birthday. Yeah, so I think that was for my birthday. That's adorable. And I think that Joey might have had something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. I can't really think of what else. You know, I think it was just all the service from the yeah. hotel. We always had cookies That's delivered amazing. to our room, yes. and um, yeah, just all the things. What all, a great all the things hotels do. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. awesome. Oh, oh. Hmm. chips and salsa in the room. Oh, really? Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. And New Mexico, the best thing about New Mexico is their chili. Yeah. And so the chi- the salsa was incredible. Yeah. So like to have chips and salsa in our room, like at our beck and call, 
Yeah. I'd be like more that. chips. I would actually be trying to swim in. You know how I talk about swimming in money. I would actually be trying to swim in oh. chips and salsa. The Can we ref- just fill this room up, please? The refrigerator yeah. had like <laughs> San Pellegrino, Diet Coke, um, Perrier, like mm. everything you could possibly want in it. I love it. I recommend the end of the five graces. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I need to give a quick shout out. And this is not a Glam Squad related shout out, though. Girlfriend of ours, Marisa, is launching a new blog and it's called Soul Alchemy. And so um, everyone should check it out because it's going to be she's a warrior woman, warrior goddess trainer, and she's like really into the feminine power. And so Soul Alchemy is coming and you should check it out. And she's going to be launching a podcast soon. And so we'll keep you updated on that. But I just wanted to pop that in there. Um, And then the next thing that I wanted to talk about, actually, (laughs) is uh, I went to go see Sandy's OBGYN today. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this. (laughs) Uh, So I I like that my contributions to the podcast so far are about um, butt plugs and OBGYNs. So um, anyway, I went to go see Sandy's OBGYN today because we're basically morphing into the same person. (laughs) Um, But also because, as you guys know from a couple episodes ago, I've been um, concerned that I might be perimenopausal. And so I was talking to... uh, uh, this new doctor because my last doctor like really didn't take any of my stuff seriously. So ladies, PSA, if you have a doctor who's not taking you seriously, go find a new doctor, right? Yes. Would you say, I mean, you're a medical professional. Would you say that's? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I think that's good advice without being a medical professional, but you know. Since, yeah. Yeah. So um, Sandy's OBGYN is like very uh, down to earth, super like straight shooter. And she was asking me some like pretty basic questions about like menstrual cycles and birth control and all this stuff. And I was telling her the story and it made her laugh so hard that I thought like, oh my God, I didn't r- really realize how funny this story was. Oh, I so, can't wait to hear it. So we were talking and she's like, uh, you know, when did you go on birth control? So I went on birth control very young before I was sexually active when I was like 13. But it's because I used to have cycles every two weeks. I was like having my period all the time so they basically like here go on this birth control so you're like be you feel like normal out you know so I did that and I was on it then until I was like in my early 30s because um right before my I left my first marriage my ex-husband and I were considering where no we were trying to have a baby now I had always said I didn't want to have a baby and then I was like oh I'll change my mind maybe I'll give this a shot (laughs) my marriage is falling apart why don't I try having a baby with this guy so it's a really power move yeah it's I think you know what though I think a lot more people do it than would like to admit oh no, everybody does it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to have to get off birth control in order to have a baby with this guy. So, you know, I stopped taking my birth control. And then uh, this was the part that the OBGYN thought was funny. And now that I'm saying it, I'm not sure that anyone but OBGYNs would find it hilarious. But I went off my birth control and then I didn't have a period until and then I didn't have a period for like a year. And then I in that year's time, I had decided to leave my marriage and leave my ex-husband. And so I left my ex-husband at the end of that year and I, you know, moved out. And like seriously, two days after I left him, my period arrived. <laughs> no, I think and, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, the doctor was like, she was dying laughing because she's like, oh, my God, your body was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. And I'm like, God, my body totally did me a solid. I mean, co-parenting, um, I can't even imagine. I just can't even imagine. My body totally did me a solid. One other thing I want to talk about before we get into like kind of our regular segment is um, it's kind of back to school time. Yeah. And it had me thinking a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think I shared this on podcast, but a couple of weeks ago, I um, took uh, Jeff's daughter and her two little friends to the mall for the first time ever. And they're 11 year olds and they did back to school shopping. Each of them had a certain amount of money. They We had five hours at the shopping mall and they all got to spend it. And it was glorious. I mean, I just felt like I was completely in my element. But I was thinking about back to school, and I wanted to know a couple of things. First of all, I wanted to know 
what do you remember anything when you when you were a kid or a teenager that like back to school came around and you just like were obsessed with any like you know was there like a thing an it thing that you like had to have um and as a parent what has been like the bane of your existence for back to school stuff oh. well the second question is really easy to <laughs> what answer is it? it's that fucking list I, oh the, the school supply, supply list, list. <laughs> I hate that shit. Tell me. I, it, so these poor teachers, you know, they have, like, no resources. They get yeah. paid shit. Yeah. And they're, like, you know, probably, like, the, you know, society views as, like, the most selfless and, yeah. you know, whatever. Social worky, dedicated. So the only power that they wield <laughs> is this fucking list. Oh, my God. That's really funny that you mention it. Yeah, and it was always the bane of my existence. Yeah, because it was one really long. Yeah, two they do not want you to deviate from the list. No, it's very specific, and they will shame you if you deviate. Yeah. Like, don't try to be fancy. No, don't try to be fancy. No, or if, thrifty. If they want the Ticonderoga number two pencils, buy the fucking Ticonderoga number two pencils. What is it with Ticonderoga number two pencils and Oregon? I've never even heard. I mean, yeah, growing up in Iowa, it was a number two pencil, but ever since I've been here, it, it is. Very specific. Like, are the Ticonderoga pencil people in bed with Portland Public Schools or something? You know, there's some mom who probably runs some mom (laughs) Facebook group who probably knows the fucking answer to this question that I don't give a fuck about. So, if you're listening, that mom, Mm -hmm. go ahead and let us know. Or or don't, because I don't want to know. I don't know if this was your experience um, as a parent, but uh, for most of the time as a parent, but like for the last two years, Jeff's daughter has not received this extensive supply list until like two days before school starts. Oh yeah. 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 That so, too. So it's like, it's not like you could, cause I was like, God, it'd be great to get that fucking supply list. We just order everything on Amazon. So it'd like be cheap and be exactly what we need. But no, we got to wait until for some reason, 48 hours before school starts to get it. So I agree. That's been, yeah, and then you're rummaging the, the shelves of like target, target or wherever. And you're like, Oh, they're all out of the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> You're all stressed because you don't want to piss the teacher off on the first day. Yeah. And be like, oh, you know, I didn't get that Kleenex. The Kleenex. Oh, my God. The Kleenex the- brand Kleenex <laughs> with the lotion. I didn't get that. I didn't get it. I didn't get I'll it. I'll bring it tomorrow. Yeah. My dog ate it. Yeah. I don't know. So that was an easy, mm-hmm. easy one to answer. And that's really all that I think was the bane of my existence about back yeah. to school. Because, I mean, I loved back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I cause, And I remember as a kid, and I carried this forward with my own daughter, um, for me... I was a child who I my family was rather middle class mm-hmm. and um but back then what that meant is we didn't have extra money to like buy us shit all the time. Yeah. So we got bought shit three times a year yeah. and it was back to school, Christmas and birthday. Hell yeah. So back to school I'm going to get like two new outfits. Hell yeah. Are you were you able to wear them before school started? No. Yes. No. <laughs> And if I was with my dad, he made us take them off when we got home from school. Oh, my God. That's we had funny. to change into play clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't want them getting ripped or, you know, yeah. like ruined, basically. Yeah. Ice cream spilled on them or slushies yeah. or so whatever. Yeah. So back to school shopping was a really big deal. Yeah. And it was, and growing up like in the 80s and 90s, like it wasn't actually cool to be yourself yet. Yeah. It was still like really bad to be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like don't be yourself. Do you think that's related to the 80s or 90s or related to like being a kid? No, I think it's an 80s and 90s thing. I think the messaging was don't be yourself. The messaging today is be yourself, be your weird ass, whatever. And then now we're stuck with all these like weird ass kids. (laughs) But um, so so back to school shopping was all about what identity am I going to choose for this year? Oh my God. Yeah. And so it was like a really big deal. And then me who like basically hated myself, it was like, this is my opportunity to be somebody other than myself. Yes, yes. 
Um, so, so that, and it was oddly exciting. Yeah, I no, guess. I'm totally with you. I, I loved, it. I loved going back to school shopping. Now I wanted to ask you, cause your kid, uh, your kid was a very like high achieving and really excelled in academics. So did she like love the school supplies? Well, no, she didn't get to because she mm-hmm. had a fucking list. Yeah. Um, but even then, I mean like Jeff's daughter is always like, Oh, I can't wait to go shopping for folders, you know, or like that's like her. Yeah, no, I don't think it was yeah. very exciting. I know that um she was very much like she wanted to have it all together the night before and have everything divided how she thought it should be divided. And yeah. I was very the opposite. I'm like, No, <laughs> dude, you go you go to class <laughs> and you see what it's gonna be like. Yeah, yeah. And then you decide where you wanna put your dividers. Yeah. So what needs a big binder, what needs the small binder. Yeah, yeah. Um but she, and so she couldn't wrap her head around that. She's yeah. like, I need my binders divided tonight <laughs> um so that was always fun because i was like just chill just wait you yeah. know we figure it out later yeah go with the flow and she's like i need to do it now, I need to do it now. um <laughs> but well, i don't organizing. think yeah i don't think she was she was very excited about it um just you know it's just like another thing to check off the list yeah, we yeah. both knew we needed to get it done yeah no, I'm totally with you on the um, back-to-school clothes shopping because I was in the same boat growing up that there were really three times that we got new clothes, back-to-school, Christmas, and birthdays. As I got older, prom ended up throwing in, you know, we like got to, I got to get a prom dress as a senior in high school or whatever, but it was like really basically like those three times. And I was not allowed to break anything out of their boxes or, yeah. you know, or whatever until like fucking school started. And inevitably, um, all the fall stuff would be out on the shelves. So you'd buy like jeans and sweatshirts and whatever. And then it would be, I mean, in the middle of Iowa in August, it's like a hundred degrees and a hundred percent humidity. So you're like chomping at the bit to wear like your new hoodie or whatever, but it's like a fucking swamp outside. And you're like, I mean, I did, I definitely powered through and wore stuff that I just sweated like crazy. And because I was like, I'm wearing this because it's school now and it's new. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, and for me, I remember like I always there was like a, a dress or something dressy or something that was completely not me, completely yeah. out of my comfort zone, but I liked it and I wanted it. And that was my first day of school outfit. Yeah. Because the first day of school outfit was a big deal. Like it, you had to bring your bring your A game on the first day mm-hmm. of school. The other thing I wanted to run by you was to see if you had heard about our friend Ashley, who co-hosted last week. She sent me a link this week of um, something that's going on in the UK. There's a sexually frustrated dolphin that is uh, normally dolphins swim like with their pods or whatever. You know, they're not like lone wolf animals. They're like pod animals, you know, or family animals or whatever. Uh, there's this dolphin that has separated, and this is actually in France, that has separated himself from all of the other dolphins in his pod, and he's, like, hanging out in this bay, and he's a sexually frustrated dolphin, so he's, like, his penis is out, and he's, like, humping stuff in the bay, Aww. in this bay in France, and he's, like, humping boats, humping tourists. So they've had to, like, ban tourists from getting in the water with this sexually frustrated dolphin be- for fear of um, their safety, but it was just kind of I've a- heard stories about dolphins' <laughs> prolific nature, and that there have been interactions between dolphins and humans of that nature i had no idea it's a thing i mean from what i understand dolphins are perverts i don't think that yeah. this dolphin's sexually frustrated just I think, a pervert just horny <laughs> just wants just wants to see jesus just trying to see jesus this dolphin's trying to reach its damn dream yeah. just living its best damn life out there trying to see jesus <laughs> dolphins are very intelligent creatures they are super intelligent they're basically humans who can they live are. in the water yeah. so i mean i'm not i guess i'm not surprised yeah. just see <laughs> Probably needs to go to a little dolphin essay meeting. <laughs> this is incredible. This is like Bridezilla. Bridezilla. And this, this just was um, just happening this week. So there was this bride. I'll yeah. just make the story brief. <laughs> um, there, There's a bride who 
she basically posted this like crazy rant on some wedding Facebook group where she was like, I'm going off of Facebook in 24 hours. And she was really upset because she was planning a wedding. She had to end up canceling her wedding and she essentially broke up with all her friends and family because this wedding planning went so awry. So off the rails. So what happened was she writes in her Facebook rant about (laughs) how she just had this magical love affair with with her fiance, soon to be husband, since they were 18 years old. They were in love. It was fantastic. They had a baby. They both went through school. They both got their degrees. They saved $15,000 and they started planning a wedding because yeah. they wanted to get married. Yeah. And in the planning... I'm like, the, use that money for something else, girl. I know. So in the course of... <laughs> their, they had two venues in mind. Yeah. And in the course of their planning, they stopped to see a psychic. Uh-huh. And the psychic encouraged them to go with a more expensive venue. Why? And so I guess in brainstorming about <laughs> how to fund this, yeah. they decided that... They really did deserve, or she decided is what it sounds yeah. like. She really did deserve a $60,000 wedding. Wow. And her plan to fund it was to basically <laughs> charge everybody $1,500 ah! a head to go to the wedding. <laughs> but the maid of honor and, like, the mother of the bride, they were charged a premium. They were, like, $3,000. <gasps> there were, like, three different— um, Plus, they got to buy dresses. They got to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I don't know why this this idea fell apart. Um, why would you have to cancel your wedding over this? I don't understand. I so apparently people got upset with her, and the funny, like the crazy thing is, is that she got upset with the people for getting upset with her. That's insane. That's just com- that's completely insane. Yeah, and so the wedding was called off, uh-huh. and um, and she goes on this rant on Facebook. So it's it's very long, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but. Tell me you have part of the rant. So the beginning is, dear friends, it comes with great sadness that I'm announcing the cancellation of our wedding. I apologize for canceling only four days beforehand. Unfortunately, (laughs) we we have broken up due to some recent and irreparable problems. Wait a minute. They also broke up? Yeah. She canceled the wedding and they broke up? And they broke up. Oh, damn. We have decided to end our relationship (laughs) and not go forward with any future proceedings. Blah, blah, blah. How did this all come crashing down? Well, I invite you all on Facebook, (laughs) players, bystanders, and side characters of the people in my life, to take a seat and listen. You are all involved somehow. Somehow everyone is wrapped into this mess. Snap. Even if you weren't invited to my wedding, I don't care. You might hear of the drama. I'd rather you hear it from me. This bitch is putting everyone on blast. Holy cow. Yeah. So this, I just have to read this part. Before I begin this mini novel, I invite all of you, including the, this is in all caps, Uh including the cunts who have ruined my marriage and life to put yourself in my shoes. I won't go on. So she goes into the hole where she went to the psychic and they decided to charge $1,500 and how she thought that this is like really reasonable request. Oh my God. And then she Can you even imagine receiving one of those? Like, what is she? I mean, because it sounds like, okay, I can't even, (laughs) I just can't even with my words right now. So do you think that she like text messaged everyone to say you're going to be charged $1,500? Yes. Do you think that she sent out invitations that included, oh, by the way, you know, RSVP plus send your $1,500 check made out to me or like yeah and some people did send money oh my god because i can't imagine opening a wedding invitation and then being like oh i'm just gonna fill out the rscp yeah i'll have the vegetarian or the vegan oh and i gotta send a fucking 15 like a 1500 check what the fuck fuck yeah. this rsvp no and yeah. then so that was the other thing so she got upset with for people for rsvp no yeah um so down down the rant mm-hmm. she's she goes on to say um at some point in this um unfolding my ex came into the room and offered to get a Vegas wedding done. I laughed in his face, but he was dead serious. He wanted those cheap, raggedy, filthy 
Vegas weddings. I mean, what the fuck? Was he out of his mind? Am I some hooch piece of fucking trash hooker? Am I supposed to like the idea of getting married in the heart of shady gamblers, alcoholics, and the get-rich-fast fallacy? Suddenly, my body began to shake as I entered into a panic attack. Oh, my God. My ex left the room, and I didn't apologize for his horrid suggestion. I then called my maid of honor and cried my eyes out. Instead of sympathy, I was told that I was asking for way too much and I should stick to my budget. I mean, she has $15,000. She's got kind of she's got a lot of money. Also, I want to sidebar and say the Vegas wedding has evolved. Oh yeah. They're yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It can be amazing. Yeah. It's like I when I read this part, I almost wondered if this was maybe like a troll and that this wasn't real because yeah. like I think that you'd have to be really ignorant to think to really think that about a Vegas wedding yeah. at this point. So I'm like how I mean, not only that, but like what kind of bitch are you to say that to the, you're the man that you, I just can't even imagine saying that the words that she typed out there to anyone, to another human. The other thing I thought when I read this is they did not have a good relationship going in because (laughs) that response shows that they are not connected. No, No. clearly not. A little bit of distance. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So her friend says she should stick to her budget. And she said, I mean, no words can describe how could someone who offered me thousands of fucking dollars then deny my promised money and then tell me to shift down my budget? She knows my fucking dream was a blowout wedding. I just wanted to be a Kardashian for a day. And you know this is a fucking millennial. Yeah. And then live my life like normal. I called her a filthy fucking poor excuse of a friend and hung up. And then she blocked me on social media. My yeah. bridesmaids climbed on the boat with my maid of honor and dissed me. They essentially told me I was crazy. They asked for their deposit back, and I said, fuck you. Ah, I refused. She kept their money. I she can't believe any of them sent their money. Yeah, so she said, I refuse to give it back until they can pay me for my emotional distress. <laughs> um, this bitch is off the rails. She is. It's pretty funny. And I don't, I mean, the... If I if I continue to go on to read the rant, it's just a bunch of like the same kind yeah. of a toxicity. So I don't think I need to. I think you get the point. <laughs> but it, I just think it's really. Um, so I think a fifteen thousand dollar wedding is a, is an expensive wedding. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I think you could do a lot with fifteen thousand dollars. Absolutely. And I think that let's just set the bar there. Yeah, right? totally. I think that let's let's kind of counteract the Kardashian culture. Yeah. Because that's the 1% friends. Yeah. That is not you. Yeah. And um, the 99% are really, really lucky to have 15 grand to spend on a wedding. Yeah, that's fucking the truth. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this there is like this thing, this delusion of like, oh my God, it has to, like, there, the wedding industry, of course, fuels it, right? Because like, you can spend $10,000 on every, you know, like you could spend $10,000 on the invitations. You can spend, everything has like, a high-end option or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it is, it's possible to rein it in. (laughs) But, you know what I mean? You have to say to yourself, like, oh, I'm going to do, we're cutting corners here, or we're getting rid of this, or we're doing this instead of this. There is this complete insane idea of, like, hundred, you know, of tens of thousands of dollars on a wedding. Like, you're better served doing almost anything else with that money. Yeah. Like, putting an ADU in your backyard. That's right. Put an ADU in it. (laughs) Put an ADU in the backyard. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I I am highly amused by that. I'm glad that you brought it up, though, because it's just, like, so outrageous. It's crazy. No, it's totally totally out of of control. Let's move into this listener question. Oh, yeah. Let me pull that up. I'm so stoked about this. We got to apologize to our we got to apologize to our listener, although we've sent an email already. We missed this listener question because it just got mixed up in some others, some other communication. And so this is a listener, um, a longtime listener, I think, out of Seattle, which we're excited to have a listener email us um, 
from a little bit of a different part of the country instead of just out of Portland. Yes. 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 So thank you for sending this question, Jonas. I hope that we are able to help you. I hope that too much time isn't passed and you're like, I got this shit. I already figured this shit out. I hope you still need our help. <laughs> yeah. But if not, just pretend. Just, just pretend. pretend. And That's tell it. us tell us how we did. Tell Exactly. Because So reading through this letter, Jonas has his shit together. This is like somebody who, like, we can't tell Jonas to go pick up a copy of Relationship yeah. Ready. <laughs> Jonas has done some work. Okay, good. Okay. I haven't read this. Although I saw that this came in, but I haven't read it. So I'm excited to kind of go cold, go cold on it. Okay. Here we go. Hi, I really enjoy the show. And of course, have a question that I'd like some perspective on. Yes. Yes. Here's the backstory. I'm in a long-term, almost five years committed relationship with someone I have every reason to think is the one. However, there's one issue that kind of troubles me. Uh So now let me say... This is not an issue like, oh, she's fucking somebody else. She likes to fuck dolphins. Right. She, this is like <laughs> a legitimate, like... Moderate issue. It's like a... Yeah. It's like a realistic it's issue. It's like that really someone... realistic. Yeah. This isn't going to be a slam dunk. Okay. Got I'm it. Saying. Got it. There might be a little gray area. This is good. Okay. Okay. Um, naturally, we don't both have all the same interests, and mostly the differences are pretty minor. Uh-huh. I don't like some of the music she likes and vice versa, stuff like that. But sometimes it's big enough that it does cause actual tension. Uh-huh. For example, I love things like music and art festivals or other potentially crowded raucous events, partying. I'm a regular Burning Man, for example. Mm-hmm. While my better half can't stand these things. Mm-hmm. That's all good, but whenever I go to one of these things, she'll often insist on going, but then acts miserable the whole time uh. and becomes desperate to leave as soon as possible. Yeah. And if she's not having a good time, it's impossible for me to have a good time because he cares about her. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus, it puts all my friends. It puts all my friends also there into bad moods as well. Yeah, I have talked to her about it and was very straight up about it, but she just denies being miserable and says that she really does have a good time every time. But to me, it's pretty obvious when somebody is enjoying themselves and when they're not. It's gotten to the point that my friends have stopped asking me to go do stuff with Aww. them because she would come along and tends to bring everyone down. The common wisdom is communication is key, so talk about it. Mm -hmm. But how do you talk to somebody who won't admit there's anything to talk about? Ouch. Thanks for taking the time. Ooh, this is a good one. I have some thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, This is a great question because I agree that the common wisdom is like, oh, let's just talk about it. And um, I really think that what Jonas is talking Jonas, right? Mm -hmm. What Jonas is talking about is an opportunity for him and his partner. I mean, here, it's a really even though it seems like just a small little thing, right? I actually think it's a tremendous opportunity for them to develop some true intimacy and to really deepen that intimacy if he really thinks like she's the one. Right. Right. But he can't do it by himself. No, they both have to do it. But that's, so that's the thing. So I feel like this um, actually might be part of a broader discussion of like, listen, this is uncomfortable for me to talk about with you because I'm not sure that it's comfortable for you either. Um, but I need to talk, we need to revisit this, um, behavior of like when you join me at, um, crowded events and I need to let you know that whether or not you think you're miserable, you're coming off as being miserable. And I would really appreciate it if you could just like, you know, like, um, if you could just talk to me honestly, like there's nothing to say, you know, like trust in the resilience of our relationship. Trust that, like, I can hear what you're going to say. Like, I just need you to come to the table to surface with your feelings. Like, how how do you really feel about this? Like, how can we how can we have a more honest conversation about it? Because I just feel like I'm not getting 
the honesty that I need when we're talking about it. Does that make sense, Sandy? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But that's scary as fuck because that's kind of calling someone out about saying like, that's kind of saying I'm here. I'm present. I'm here. I'm surfacing with my feelings and I need you to join me here. Yeah. Because what I heard in his question was, um, because so, so I'm thinking of myself from her perspective and there could be a lot of different uh-huh. things going on. It, it could be that she really hates it, but she doesn't want to lose him. Yeah. And because she might still have this old idea in her head, she may not trust the resilience and she may think mm-hmm. if I don't enjoy these music festivals, mm-hmm. then I'm not the right person for him. Yeah. Um, so she may have that fear. She may actually just want to be with him because she's afraid of him going to do this without her. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a hundred different things that could be happening. Yeah. So what it's going to come down to is where is she in her emotional growth where she is able to surface with those things? Because he can only do so much. I agree. And so I, I don't think, though, that it's a death sentence because this is very much what happened with Joey and I. Mm-hmm. Joey did not come to me able to um, identify every feeling he's having right. and share it with me yeah, on the yeah. spot. Yeah. It's something we've had to work on, yeah. and it's because I pretty much demanded it. Mm-hmm. It's like I was able to show him what it looked like to do that, mm-hmm. and I was able to let him know, like, this is what I need from you yeah. because when we don't have this, we don't have intimacy. Yeah. And then we're disconnected and, you know. And, and it feels n- shitty. Nobody likes that. Yeah. 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 So it has been been a practice. So for one, um, I do think that there there is hope. And I agree. it sounds like Jonas has the ability to do these things mm-hmm. and that one, he can show her what it looks like. Yeah. Two, he could reassure her that she's yes. safe here to surface. Yeah. Um, because there's always going to be feelings and there's always going to be fears underlying it. I don't know what hers are, but yeah. I think it's highly likely that it comes down to an underlying fear. Right. That she is probably safe to surface with, yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, whether she's going to be able to do that and understand that, I don't know. Yeah. And then so the next question is, then what? Then what? Yeah. Well, I agree because I was thinking about it and it's something, and I, I would agree with that. You know, Jeff and I... Uh, continue to work on communicating in order to deepen our intimacy. But a lot of times that looks like, you know, one of us saying to the other, like, I, I, we need to talk about something or this is uncomfortable for me, or I need to practice talking about this stuff because it's just like, I think that we're really comfortable saying words mm-hmm. and we call that communication. But what, I hate that shit. Yeah. But what you and I are talking about and th- what we're talking about when we're saying like getting to a more in getting to intimacy is about talking about the really scary stuff. Yeah. So for me, you know, part of it, when I come to the conversation, I have to say like, what am I feeling and what are my needs? So like, if I were going to start this conversation with this woman, like say I'm Jonas and let's role play it. Let's role play it. Okay. Okay. Are you, who are you going to be? I don't know. Who do you want to be? <laughs> um, be Jonas. Okay. Because I'm Jonas. projecting all over about what this woman's going okay. through. So, um, Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, boo. Hey, girl. You Listen, look good tonight. Oh, thanks. So do you. You're my favorite boo. You're Aww. looking so fly. Um, hey, I wanted to talk about something that's like a little uncomfortable for me to talk about. And I, d- I don't know if I'm going to get it right on like the first try, but I just. Uh, are you cheating on me? No. <laughs> are no. You, you, you swear? I swear. Fuck you. I swear. This is actually about. Um, okay. I was just. <laughs> Okay, I'm listening. This is actually about when we go to crowded spaces together. And I have to tell you, I know we've talked about it before, um, but I really like, I just, um, I feel like, I feel uncomfortable when you join me at these events and it seems like you're not having any fun. And I just need to know that, um, or I just need to be able to enjoy myself while I'm there. And I want you to be able to do it too. 
Um, okay. I do. Okay. So, I, I really like going to crowded spaces with you, Bill. <laughs> crowded spaces. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. I have to like, tell you that you even role playing this conversation with you is making me nervous. That's how hard it is to be intimate. Like that's how hard intimacy is, right? Yes. Okay. So I just want to reassure Jonas that like, it's okay to be nervous and have this conversation because it's like, it's challenging, right? So my next thing would be like, I just, I want to make sure that you know that it's safe for us to talk about this stuff. Like I can hear all of your real feelings. And also like, this is actually, again, I have to sidebar, but this is something that Jeff and I work on a lot, which is that like, I process pretty real time. Like I'm kind of like right up there, like thinking about what I want to say, how I want to say it, like all this stuff. Jeff processes at a different rate than I do. And you know, he and I have talked about, like I've said to him, like, it's okay for you to just process this with me and for it to not be perfect. It's okay for us to just oh, yeah. talk about this stuff. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be able to perfectly put your finger on it. But we have to just be able to talk about this stuff. Well, I, I have to continue the sidebar yeah. because I think that that is 100% true. Don't go into it with the goal of being perfect. Yeah. Because what we are doing here is we're practicing and we're growing intimacy. Mm-hmm. And it's a lifelong process. Yeah. And we are in safe places to fuck it up. Yeah, Like if totally. you're If you are with the right person, you are in a safe place to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And you will know if you're not the right person because then you will know like this is not safe when you're afraid of what you're going to say when you're afraid of how they're going to take it when you yep. don't want to say certain things yep. you're not in the right place because you're actually not in a safe place to fuck it up yeah exactly so so you you might have to do some of that waiting into we're assuming that you are Jonas yeah. in this question um, just because you came off so well in your writing of it um, but you may not be right. like she may really be like you know not hearing this and she may really turn it around on you and she may really shame you for for these requests that you're making. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, you may not be in a safe place to be, to be doing this practicing. Yeah. Because what I think is really a hallmark of intimacy is that I know that no matter what I say to Jeff, as long as it is not like viciously mean or like, you know, like I know that if I'm communicating with Jeff in a way that's like truthful, compassionate, kind, there's nothing I can say that I can't, that like will permanently damage us. Correct. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I always have this fear when I'm developing intimacy with someone that I'm going to say the wrong thing and then I'm going to be fucked. I'm not going to be able to undo it. I'm never, we're never going to get past it, all that kind of stuff. And in developing true intimacy with my husband, it's been like, I have had to set those old ideas aside. Those ideas that I'm afraid that I'm going to say something wrong, that I'm afraid that I won't be able to undo it because I know that nothing that comes out of my mouth is vitrolic enough to meet the, the bar of that stuff. Yeah. And, you know? and and just because we can't make any assumptions, like for Heidi and us, it goes without saying, you know, the ground rules are we would never assassinate someone's character, call them names right. or verbally abuse them. Right. So you got to take that off the table. Like right. a long time ago, don't even get in a relationship if those tools are in your wheelhouse. Exactly. So what it leaves you with, though, is like a good set of communication, some good words. And like then you have to have the confidence And the love to go, I'm going to say these words. I'm going to trust that there's really no words that I can say that will cause permanent damage to my relationship, to my partner, to myself. And I just have to put them out there, right? I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the scariest part of really developing intimacy. And I often have to find myself saying like, I might have to try this again. I need some practice saying this, but we need to talk about what happens when we go to shows. Yeah. And and if I'm in a place where I'm, ready to kind of show you my belly and, mm-hmm. um, I feel I'm feeling safe. I, I might say something like, you know, 
I don't know. I want to go with you. I want to be with you. I want to share this with you. And I do enjoy, you know, I do enjoy music festivals. Mm -hmm. But when we get there, I get scared I'm going to lose you. And this is me projecting. It could be one of a hundred things. When we get there, I see you. I see you hanging out with your friends and the way that you talk to them and it threatens me. It Mm -hmm. makes me feel like I'm not part of and I get threatened. Or when we get there and I see all these half-dressed women around, I Mm -hmm. start to feel insecure about myself. And I think that you would rather be with somebody like that than with me. Yeah. And I have these fears of losing you or not being cool enough for you. Like these are the, this is the way we show our belly to our partners. Right. And if they, if they are trustworthy, if they do love us, that is going to bring us closer together. Right. Well, and that's awesome because basically what Sandy's saying, Jonas, is she's responding with what I'd hope your girlfriend would, or your partner would respond with, which she's responding with how she's feeling and what her need is. Right. I'm feeling threatened. When I see all these girls, I'm feeling threatened. And I, and I guess then the next part would be to articulate the need. I need more affection from you when we're at these things, or I need, um, you know, to take some time for, you know, every couple hours when we're at these things, like go get a drink together and like, just be the pair of, I I need more attention from you when we're at those things. Like, so hopefully, you know, I really think that so much of this intimacy and this communication that levels up our intimacy is related to just being able to articulate what am I feeling and what is the need? So I would encourage Jonas to think about that before he starts this conversation again. What are you really feeling Jonas? And what is it that you need behind that? And then if, if you can evolve beyond that, then the ne- or not evolve, but if you can move beyond that, my other question would be like, what kind of solutions would be amenable? Like, are you willing to say to her, like, this is not, it, it's challenging when we do this together. Can we make sure that we spend time together some other way? And I do this with my friends or how can we find a solution to this? But the other thing I would encourage is to just be um, curious about the way that you listen to her response to continue to ask her questions because I know a big mistake that I make is that I'm a fixer. So Jeff will be telling me how he's feeling. And then instead of like being more curious about it, I just go straight to the solution. I just want to fix it. Yeah. And that is, that doesn't, that, that kind of like, um, bypasses our, our ability to have intimate discussion because instead of being a curious listener and continuing to ask him like, how does that feel? Or what's that like for you? Or tell me more about that. I'm like, okay, well, if we do it this way, then you won't feel that way. Yeah. And it really bypasses, you know, an opportunity for us to grow together. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And the other thing that I have to kind of say on a more superficial level is the situation where you're this dynamic that's being created because of this behavior is us against them. So it's only going to make it worse. So your friends don't like hanging out with her. And that is a bad Bad dynamic. It's a bad sign and it's a bad dynamic. So taking more of a 10,000 foot view, I would say this isn't a little problem. This is kind of a big problem because if you would have just written in and been like, um, I go out with her. She's a drag. My friends don't like her. I'd be like, dude, big red flag. Yeah. If the, yeah. Yeah. If your friends don't like her, something is up. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of want to throw that out there too, that, you know, there's a possibility that, um, she may not be the one. Yeah. Um, and you might just want to like have some acceptance around and be open, open to that. And so see how these conversations go, see how she responds. Mm-hmm. And then 
like the whole goal of this intimacy, the whole goal of like me showing you my belly is that you could see me more clearly. And and that's, and and that's love, right? Because if you love me and you see me more clearly, you will want to take care of me and my needs automatically. So if it ever feels like a, oh my God, she wants me to hold her hand more. She wants me to step off and do this with her more. (sighs) Yeah. You're, you guys are not doing it. Yeah. This is not, this is not what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, I agree. I think that these conversations, these more, these more curious conversations, these more intimate conversations will help you to determine really, you know, whether she's the one or not. And I do think it's a red flag that her relationship with you or your relationship with her is affecting your relationship with your friends. And I will say just as Sandy was talking, I was thinking of one more way to kind of have this discussion, which might be a more curious way to have this discussion with her and might be able to say, Hey, you know, I know a while ago we talked about going to festivals and stuff. And I just want to check back in with you. What has it been like for you? You know, since we've talked, like, what are your needs? How are you feeling when we go to festivals? I haven't, you know, instead of kind of coming at her with like a, like I originally suggested being like, I noticed you're not having any fun. You might kind of come at her in a more curious way. Like, I know we talked about this a while ago. I just want to check back in. Like, how are you feeling about it? What are your needs when we're out doing that stuff? You know, how, how often would you want to do it? You know, just like more questions about it, um, I think might be a good strategy too. Yeah, I definitely like that approach better because like one of my big food paws, which I'm lucky enough that I have a partner that I'm allowed to to mess up with is when I'm talking about my experience, it often comes up sounding like an accusation Uh as hard as I try not to. Yeah. And that first approach, I noticed you're not having fun may sound really benign to you, but to me, it's like, what what do you mean? What did I do? I didn't do anything. I I was just there. I smiled. I smiled at every fucking body. Yeah. yeah. Smiled at all your fucking friends. Yeah. You know, so, so it could immediately get that sort of defensive response. And those defensive responses are a huge barrier. Yeah. You're not to, making any progress once connection. you're in defensive Yeah. Land. So I definitely, I always encourage um, people to try the best they can to just talk about, I just want to talk about my me. experience Yeah, and I don't want to talk about what you are doing Yeah, at all. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's great. I got a little nervous when we started role playing. It wasn't the best <laughs> advice to start out with, but I mean, I really think that we're kind of getting to the heart of it now, which is like to continue to be curious, to continue to continue to be a curious listener, to continue to bring to the table how you're feeling and what your needs are, um, to have a lot of sharpness and clarity on those two things before the conversation starts. Because for me, I get so nervous when I have real conversations like this. I get like, I get shaky, you know, yeah. and I get distracted and I can't really, you know, so I need to have a lot of clarity on what is the need. And uh, what what am I feeling and what is the need? Yeah. And for me, what really helped me do that, moving into all this stuff with uh, Joey as I entered the new relationship with him, was I had an ideals list before mm. I even got into the relationship with him. Yeah. And it was really clear to me when, when this looked a little bit fuzzy with regard to my ideals. And I had mm. no problem telling him, one of my relationship ideals is X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to meet me where I am with this. Yeah. And he, and he, um, he rose to the occasion and yeah. he rose to the challenge. And, and I don't know if that's like the best approach, but it is. I like that. One it's that real really, clear. It was real. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing was too, I was willing to walk if he couldn't do it. And yeah. that's part B that other people yes. don't get. Yeah. It's like, I was like, I, I knew that it was time for me to stop bullshitting around mm-hmm. and to pick a partner who could love me the way I want to be loved. loved. Yeah. And the way I want to give love. Yeah. And so I was, I didn't have time. If you can't, if you're not the one, keep it moving. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, and that's harder, the longer that you've been in it and kind of, um, 
experiencing this kind of um, either like this fuzzy communication, this kind of communication that's not really deep intimacy, uh, the harder that is to go, oh, am I really ready to walk away from this yeah. if somebody can't meet me where I'm at? But, you know, the reality is that is that if if, if you guys can't meet each other where you're at now, it, it takes a it just takes a lot of work. Yeah. And the first way to do that work is to start having those conversations. And what I guess I'm saying to Jonas is that if you can show up and have these conversations and she can't show up, then that's not work for you to do. That's work for her to do. And there yeah. are plenty of women who will show up to those, con plenty of partners. I can't remember um, what kind of gendered partnership we're talking about, but um, really plenty of partners that are willing to show up to those intimate discussions and want to have that growth. And like, that really is, I think where the fabric of souls and the fabric of emotions and the fabric of relationships start to weave together. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was a tough one. I know it was, it was so good though, because it was yeah. like this, it's not a slam dunk. No, it's real shit. Yeah. I mean, it's the gray area, right? Yeah. Like, of course, the stuff that's, like, totally out there, you know, the stuff that's really good or really bad, that's really easy Jonas, to weigh in Jonas, she likes to fuck dolphins. Just <laughs> dump her. God. Uh. God. She doesn't pay her bills. Get out of that relation. I mean, the stuff that's extreme is yeah. so easy, you know, but really one of the things that's awesome about weighing in on some advice, giving some advice or some suggestion to someone who's in the gray area is that so much of our lives um, have become about like living in the gray area. How do I live in moderation? How do I live in the gray area? How do I move out of that kind of black and white thinking or those extremes and just move into the middle? And like, this is a great example of what it takes to do that. Totally. Oh, I'm on fire. I love this. Thank yeah. you so much, Jonas. Hope it was helpful. Hope we got it to you in time. Yes. <laughs> I hope so, too. He's like, uh, update, we're married. <laughs> it was a very small ceremony. It was not in a crowded room. I was going to say, update, update, did you see this girl's rant about, did you <laughs> maybe she's the bridezilla? I don't know. No, that's not fair. I have no idea. Um, I'm just glad that we have listeners in Seattle that are uh, checking in with us every week. I have nothing else on my list of stuff to check in on this tonight. Do you? No, I don't. I just want to, again, I wanted to thank Jonas and I wanted to say keep these listener questions coming yes. I mean I feel like this is our bread and butter it's so awesome it's my favorite it's like a great segment it's really awesome yes so I keep them it. coming at all.gold.pod on Instagram or at the real Sandy J or at honeybee52 honeybee52 oh honeybee52 yeah on Insta, um, send us your questions also on the website, um, allgoldpod.com. You can email us our, your questions. Yes. Um, and just keep remembering to you, you guys are doing it. You're yeah. subscribe, rating, and reviewing. Subscribe, rate, review. Thank subscribe, you. Subscribe, rate, review. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just tell a friend, share it with a friend. If you're on a road trip, you better play the All Gold Pod. That's right. Oh, actually, we have a friend, Alyssa, who's driving across country, and I told her she had to play All Gold Pod. She's moving to New Hampshire, so I feel like our New Hampshire numbers are about to go way up. Oh, nice. Yeah, so share, that's great. Share it with everybody, Alyssa. <laughs> and Alyssa, we will miss you. We'll miss you. Uh, we're sending a lot of love, light, and gold to our listeners, and we're going to remind them to... Stay vigilant. <laughs> Stay vigilant.